Welcome to Lifehouse Church Online. To know more about our senior pastors, head to the Lifehouse website. We hope you enjoy the service. Well, let me just get my things organised. Well, hello, wherever you are joining us from, whether you're in your lounge, in your car, whether it's your first time or your 50th time, or I think um, Melbourne's been in lockdown about 200 days, maybe 205. Look at that, hey, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. Anyway, so that's, uh, you know, about 50 Sundays, maybe not that many. My maths is struggling. However many times you have been on your lounge watching church online, We want to say we love it and we are glad that you are here. Well, today, um, you know, I actually get the privilege of being the one to share some exciting news because usually Richard's preaching, so he shares the news, but today, oh, it's me going to get to share the news and I'm very excited about that. So on the screen, I think you're about to see some pictures because we're about to head into a new season of our lives and it's really cool. And they're going to show you the picture of what that season might be, our little announcement. Hopefully, it's going to come up and it's there for you. It's there. Yay! My daughter, Sarah, and my son-in-law, Darcy, are having a baby. So Richard and I are so excited. Um, The Hunter family are so excited. And this is Richard, um, Sarah's, uh, that's Sarah's Sydney family. So she, she's, they're sort of living a Friends episode. You know, if you've watched Friends, uh, the series, you'll know they all live together, these young people, and they have their babies, and it's all happening. That's Sarah's life, Sarah and Darcy's life. So uh, we get to turn up sometimes as the parents, and uh, we're excited about it. We know that it, has, it is a real answer to prayer for them. You know, they've been on a fertility journey that's been tough, And, um, you know, I know for many that that's the reality. And so this is a real miracle. This has been covered in prayer. We've been believing for God to bring this beautiful baby into the the world. Not here yet. So let's keep praying. But we are excited about Baby Hunter. So you might have seen that on Instagram. But thanks for the love and encouragement. Well, today, as Dave said, is week two in our series, Winning the War in Your Mind. And that is, the word in is really significant in that heading because so often we think the war is on our mind. It's coming from the outside, but it's actually in. It's actually very physical, what is going on inside our heads that causes a battle in our thinking, that causes our own minds to be our own worst nightmare. So this second uh, part is called Take Back Your Mind. And I want to pray right up front that that God would just open our hearts and minds as we hear this word today. So Father, I thank you for everybody listening, wherever they find themselves, whatever they're doing. Lord, I pray that you would just minister to them. Lord, may may they capture some really practical things that help them to be transformed, as your word says in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 12, 2 says... Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's talking about us changing our thinking, getting different thinking. So when we learn something new, the idea is that it enables us to think differently so that we can then have a new behaviour. So the outcome, the transformed life around us that impacts others is different. 
Now, I've got a really simple illustration of this. Um, you know, if you're on the journey with, with Richard and I at all in any way, you'll know that food is one of those things that, you know, we go from fad to fad and whatever, you can call it. You, we know you all laugh at us. We know you have jokes behind our backs about our food things. Anyway, we're cool with it. We're all right. No, no, we're good. Anyway, I have been on this journey at the moment of understanding some of the superfoods that are out there. The foods that contain like just wow elements that can heal us and look after us so that we can live long lives. So I discovered cinnamon. Listen to this. Cinnamon is an antiviral, an antibacterial, an antifungal, antioxidant. Mate, this thing's so anti. Anti-inflammatory. It improves your gut health. It reduces blood pressure. It relieves digestive problems. So obviously, based on that, I am just smashing cinnamon at every turn, like cinnamon, 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 looking for cinnamon, cinnamon. No, I'm not. Even though I know that, even though I have this information, I keep forgetting to put the cinnamon. Richard says, oh, I make him some oats. He goes, did you put the cinnamon? Oh, I forgot the cinnamon. Because it's new learning. It's become something I know about but it's not something that's become a habit in my life. It hasn't transformed the way I live, even though I know it's truth. And you know what? This happens to all of us in so many different ways. We know the truth. We know what we should be doing, but our behaviour and our thinking doesn't always reflect that. So that's the aim of this series, is to help us to actually help our thinking to align with the truth, to align with what we believe. And Richard explained this last week, that our brains actually build pathways. I like to think of it as like the Thomas the Tank tank, um, wooden train tracks, that that they're really um, clear tracks that get built little by little by the way we think. So when we think a thought, it builds a track in our mind. And those tracks become more and more ingrained as we keep thinking that thought. These are called our neural pathways. Now, when we experience something, experience something new, our brain creates a new pathway. But if we don't ever experience that thing again, it just falls away. But if it happens over and over, it builds a pathway in our brain and it programs the way we think. This is very exciting. Because the more we think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again. Now, we've just moved into a new area, which is really cool, and um, I keep getting lost. I keep getting driving in the wrong direction. I keep finding myself in the wrong lane. Like the other day, I came around the roundabout, and I thought I'd done the right thing, and then there's this guy beside me just looking at me. You know when they look at you like you're an idiot driver, you know, what's wrong with you, lady? And I was just like, did I do so? I I can't think, I don't know what I've done. It's like I don't know where I'm going, I'm confused, because my brain has to think. Every time I leave my house, I have to now think about where I'm going, how do I get there? It's like I'm this lost person, I've forgotten half the skills I once had. But my, it's, and it's hard work to think about where I'm going. There's no autopilot in my life at the moment when it comes to where I'm driving. I'm building these new pathways in my mind. But the thing is, it's hard work. Trying to build new thinking takes effort. It has to be intentional. It has, or we end up with thoughts, with patterns that maybe we don't want to have. 
So our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So when it comes um, when it comes into your mind, it will then come out of your life. Whatever's going in up here is going to come out here. It's going to come out of here. It's going to come out of here. It'll come out in our words. It'll come out in our emotions. And it will come out in our actions. We can't have a positive life with a negative mind. You can't be thinking negative, discouraging, hard thoughts all day, pulling down thoughts, gossip thoughts, horrible, horrible thoughts, and then walk in the door, oh, my life's amazing. It's just not going to happen. So we ha if we want to live a positive life, we need to think positive thoughts. If this is helping somebody today, why don't you um, give yourself a high five in your lounge room, do a little dance or something. Come on. So if we don't control what we think, we will never control what we do. So the first part is in here, is managing our mind. And we need to look at it like training. Training our minds is just like training our body. Most of us are really aware that if you want big muscles, like Richard, you have to train regularly. You have to, you know, this morning he's there with the weights in, and he's lifting these weights and then he's out here to the side and then he's, oh, he was... Oh, was amazing. He's amazing. Anyway, if you, but you don't get muscles if you don't train. So you have to be intentional. You have to build the muscles in your mind that you want to function. These new, these new pathways, these neural pathways, all these train tracks. So we have to understand that we're training our body. It's going to take a bit of effort. So Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 4. And you know what, I've, I was so excited to bring today's message because it's actually jam-packed with my favourite scriptures. These are just like my, if someone says, oh, what's your life scriptures? All the ones that are in here today are mine. So <laughs> lucky me, hey? Let's read this together. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about these things that are excellent and praiseworthy. You know, here's Paul. He's in prison. He's chained in prison. And he's thinking about good things. I'm not chained in prison. So, you know, here, here we go. Already, I'm in a better place than where Paul was when he told me to do this. And the other thing is, you know, Paul says one final thing. If I had one final thing to say to people while I was chained in prison, what would it be? Um, I've had enough, guys. Get me out of here. Oh, please, you know, I don't know if God's really supporting me, if God's for me. I don't think I can go on. Surely the life can't get worse. What would, what would your last words be? But Paul's last words are these, that we would fix our thinking, guys. Manage your thoughts. Focus on what you should be thinking about and think on good things. When we read this scripture in the New King James Version, it says to meditate on these things. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And Dave was talking about that as he hosted earlier. His encouragement to us just affirms this word today, what we're all talking about. And I recently actually heard this story about a professor, and he walked into his class and he said, guys, today we're having a surprise test, so put your books away, get ready. And he walked around the class and put the papers 
on the tables, face down, like what they always do for a test. Anyway, he said, right, the, the question is, what I want you to do is write, what, write about what you see. So they all turned over the paper, and what they saw was what you're seeing on your screen right now, a black dot in the middle of a piece of paper. He goes, you've got 20 minutes, write about what you see. At the end, he, um, after 20 minutes, he collected all the papers, and then he read out everybody's answers. So the whole class heard what everybody had written. When he finished doing that, he said, it's interesting, guys. Not one of you wrote about the white paper. Every single one of you wrote about the dot, the black dot. And you know what? I don't know if what you thought as you saw that picture and thought to yourself, mm, what would I write? It was the dot that captured our attention. It wasn't the white all around it, the clear screen, the opportunity, the blessing. And he said to them, you know, we do this in life. Today I'm giving you a life lesson. It's so easy to focus on the health issue, on the lack of money, so easy to focus on our COVID lockdown, on complicated relationships, on, on discouragement or negative words that someone's spoken. They, they stand out to us so bright. And we forget to focus on what's around all those thoughts, which is the good things in life, the blessing of life, all the things. Those dark spots are so small compared to the rest of our lives, yet they pollute our minds and can so easily control our thinking. So he said, take your eyes off the black dots and meditate on the blessing. That's exactly what Paul is telling us to do in Philippians. Paul's saying, train your mind by meditating on the good things. Well, meditation, what is meditation? So often we hear that word and we think, oh, that's a bit spooky. I don't know if we should be doing that. But God's word tells us to meditate. So what does it mean? It means to engage in mental exercise or to focus one's thought. Psalm 119.15 says this, I meditate on your precepts, on your word, and consider your ways. Psalm 143.5 says, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. You know, Eastern, Eastern meditation teaches people, from what I understand, to empty their mind. As a thought comes up, put it to the side, clear your mind, think about nothing. But Christian meditation says, fill your mind. Fill your mind with God's truth, with God's word. Fix your mind on what God has for you. Fix your mind on his promises. Meditate. Let's fill our minds with this. Let's fill our mind with the good things God has for us, with positive thoughts and encouragement. Come on, give yourselves a big clap at home. Come on, give yourselves a cheer. God is for us. What are we filling our minds with? You know, last week, Richard, as he um, introduced this series, he unpacked the idea of strongholds and um, uh, fortresses in our head that we end up with these thought patterns that become strong and, in, and um, entrenched in our minds. And we have to actually dismantle them. We have to pull them apart and build new fortresses, good fortresses within our heads. And, but if we're meditating on the news... You know, if you're going to the news five times a day, oh, quick, check it. Oh, quick, what's happened? Or you've got it playing in the background all day while your kids are playing. And if you're 
focused on Instagram, seeing other people's stories, seeing um, you know, things that discourage you. Someone else is doing really well, but you're not doing so well. All these things, we, they actually distract us from what God is trying to tell us because they fill our minds with the stuff that we don't need to be full of. Hurtful words, negative stories, bad news. We don't need to hear any more bad news. We know. The facts are the facts, guys. Let's get some good news in our hearts and our spirits. Because the thing is, our emotions respond to that information. And that's what really builds these strong pathways in our head. What about Jesus? Did Jesus have to battle with his mind? You know, is this just something that we have to do, but Jesus, he just, he just cruised through life? No, you know what? When we see Jesus in the garden before he's arrested, it says that he sweated blood. That's anguish. That's, that's a mind that is just processing what's happening. God, do I need to do this? So, you know, Jesus understands this anguish, this anguish in our mind sometimes and having to renew our thinking. Yet when he was on the cross, he's hanging there, dying in pain. We see in Luke 23, it says this. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there. Along with criminals, an innocent man is being hung with criminals, with people who should be there. Yet there he is, one on his right, one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Even though he's mocked, even though he's tortured, even though he's in trauma, like he's, he's being put to death, his mind is so clear. The pathways in his head are so strong about God's will, God's purpose, knowing God is for him, that even in that moment, he can say, Father, forgive them. You know, that, that is thinking. That is managing power over your mind. You know, despite the chaos around him, he's able to continue to know what he knows what he knows, that God has a plan, that God has something on the other side of this death, and that's Jesus' resurrection, which is going to bring hope, which is going to forgive the sin of the world, that he is the answer to, to, the, to the earth's problem. Jesus knew without a doubt what his calling was. And even when the devil took him out into the desert to do... To, um, to test him, to, to force him to question the truth of what God has taught him. You know what Jesus turned to? Jesus turned to the word. Every accusation the devil brought against him, Jesus brought the word, the word of God. He brought scripture to challenge the devil. So how do we win the war in our minds? How are we going to win this battle and see practical change for everyday life? We're going to do what we're some really practical things that can help us to replace some thinking and to get some new thinking so that we can have great minds that allow us to live positive lives as God has called us to. So Craig Rochelle in his book, which is, um, we're using that for this, this series, that's the, where this title comes from, Winning uh, the War in Your Mind. And he says within his book, he explains to take back your mind you need to write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Say it with me again. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. You know, as a little girl, I used to get, um, I'd get up in the night maybe to go to the bathroom. 
But when I would come back, I'd be scared because there could be someone under my bed, a boogeyman. And so I thought, I know what I'm going to do. Tonight, I will leap from like a meter away. So if he's got his hand there to get me, he's, he can't get me. But then the next night, I would get up, and as I came back into my room, I'd be like, oh, last night, I leapt from this far away. So tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to step closer to my bed because he's going to be waiting. I had this whole plan every night. And, but the funny thing is, once I got in my bed, the boogeyman can't get me because he's stuck under my bed now. Like, I'm here. So nothing rational in this thinking, obviously. And as a child, we understand children have irrational thoughts and they come to us in the night. We're like, honey, it's okay. You're being silly. Well, there I was as a 28-year-old woman in my bed. Ah, I'm scared. Something's going to get me. Full of fear, covered in fear. Because Richard was away traveling. I was home on my own. And all of a sudden, every sound, every creak, someone's breaking in. Someone's going to get me. I'm going to die. There's a robber. So I'm there in fear, so I've got the light on. Each night I'd get the light on, and then I'd be laying there. And this irrational fear was controlling my life, was a stronghold that was limiting my life. And so um, I had to actually build new thinking. I had to build a new pathway in my brain to process the reality. Nothing changed in my reality. I had to change my thinking. So what I did was I worked out, I had to just rationalize some thinking. I'm not sure if this has truth. But I said to myself, if Richard was here, would it make any difference? If a robber breaks in, is he really going to be helpful? Now, I know this might sound bad on poor Richard, but really it helped me with my thinking. So let's just go with that, all right, that we're free to do that. So I thought to myself, really, if a robber breaks in, a robber's going to break in. If something bad's going to happen, something's bad's going to happen. I can trust God. God's word says to me that he is protecting me. He says he has angels all about my house. It says that if I honor him, he will care for me. And if something happens, he will give me the strength to endure it. So I just had to put all these thoughts on top of this irrational thought that I had about the creek, the little in the roof that were just sounds that were always there. And as I did that, I found freedom from my fear. The fear left. Fear had no more room in my heart. So what is the stronghold in your thinking that is holding you captive? What is the thought that's going on in your mind that, that God wants you to capture, that he wants you to take hold of, and rewire in your brain. What's the thing that's going around that's holding you back? The wrong mindset that has you hostage. And this is the first step in finding freedom and being able to take back your mind. So this is really practical. You can, you know, later on, take a pen, take a piece of paper. What's that thought? What's going on in your head that's holding you captive? Maybe it's that you're never going to get out of debt. Maybe it's that you can't overcome an addiction. Maybe it's that you're always struggling in your health or you're never close to God. Maybe you think, I'll never get a meaningful job. Oh, I could never have a career like them or live in a house like them or have whatever. What, what, what is this lie that has got your head captive? And once you've identified that, then the next step 
is to find out what is the spiritual truth, what is the scriptural truth that actually demolishes that stronghold? What, is the, what does the scripture say about that that smashes that thought in your head like that fear I had, that irrational fear in my bedroom? And then what you do is write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Because creating new pathways, creating new headspace, renewing our mind with new thinking comes with actually deliberately and intentionally working out what you're going to think. And Craig Rochelle's book gives you lots of tools for that. In our um, Instagram bio, we're going to have some links there for you that give you um, some tools, which is really easy, because I want this to be practical. This is not just a series that says, oh, wasn't that great? No, this is meant to transform our lives, help our thinking. Love After Marriage, Single Life Workshop, they're both things that challenge the strongholds in your thinking and help you apply the truth of God's word to your lives. So often, our marriages and our relationships are destroyed, not because of the reality, but because of what's going on up here. This is really important. Look, so simple as Google. Look, I don't know about you, but did you know you can use Google on your phone? Yes, Helen, the whole world knows that. Great, use Google on your phone. So what you do is you go to the Google line and you say, maybe you've just found out you're sick or you've heard bad news about someone else's health. Verses, Bible verses about healing. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to have a Bible dictionary. Just Google. It comes up with 20 scriptures, 30 scriptures. Then, this is the key, because we do that sometimes. We look, oh, it's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Just like the cinnamon. Oh, that was great truth. Thank you for that. And we forget. So what we've got to do is actually write it down. Digest it. Think about it. Confess it. So you've got to look the scripture up in your Bible. Get your real Bible out, circle it, highlight it, get a notebook, write it down, find the next scripture, find the next scripture, get practical, start to, then once you've done that, then get in your lounge room, declare it, the word of God says, I am healed, I am whole, God is for me, he is with me, get your Bible out, make a mess of it, make it fall apart like mine's about to do because it's so worn out, come on. Let's fill our minds with this, not the trash that's out there, not the opinions and the rubbish that people are trying to throw you off course with. This is the Word of God, and God wants to fill our hearts with it. Come on. Woo! She's on fire this morning. All right, so stronghold versus scriptural truth. So let me give you an example, because now you've got 30 scriptures so what you need to do is identify the stronghold and then have a little sentence or um, a few words that help you to fight that thought. So you've got the stronghold, you've got to make a new pathway. So every time that old thought pops up, the new pathway has to be built. Quickly, here's one. You're struggling to know God's will for your life. Okay, so you've, you've looked up your Bible, you've thought about it, you've digested it, and now here's your little statement. It says, my life belongs to God. Daily I seek him, and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice, and he leads me to his perfect will. So you just keep saying that. Every time you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if God's will for, my, God's for me, his will for my life. 
stop. Stop thought. I'm building a new fortress. I'm building a new stronghold that is based on God's word and God's truth. Maybe it's lacking confidence. And you might come up with a statement that says, my confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything he calls me to do. And you know what? We're going to put some of these on our website so you can access them on our Instagram. Some of these statements, if you need help to work out how to do this. You know, for me personally, building pathways, you know, you can, often people look and go, oh, Pastor Helen, do you ever get nervous? Do you ever get anxious? Do you ever wonder, you know, are you just so confident? Can I tell you, I'm just as normal as you. I have the same crazy thoughts in my head that you're having in yours. I doubt myself. People's words mean as much to me as they mean to you. When someone doesn't say something encouraging, when when I've I've, I've preached and no one says anything, you know, I get the the enemy goes, see, you shouldn't have done that. That was bad. I'm fighting the same battles you're fighting wherever they fit in your world. So I have my own personal declarations that I speak over my life. And I've, the guys are going to share those with you as well if you would like them because I think it would help you to actually articulate for yourself your own declarations of God's purpose and plan on your life. I can't read them all because of time's sake, but here's a couple. My life, values, belief and purpose are centred in Jesus, my Saviour. God is releasing, kind, protecting, mighty, jealous, present, engaged, robust, reliable and magnificent in every way. When I'm doubting, God, are you with me? Are you for me? Right there, boom. Maybe I'm a spirit-filled Christian and I'm a passionate and energetic pioneer. Who am I? What's my purpose? What's my calling? Jesus' message of eternity drives my passion. I'm willingly married to Richard. I love being married to Richard. I'm a mother and I love being a mother. I'm called to be positive, a woman who can lead. I'm a friend who is loved and... These are just me. We'll put them up so you can have them. But what's, what are the words that you speak over your own life and your own heart that speak freedom and set your mind free? Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now, and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you. that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.